Welcome to this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, we're talking about Gaetano Donizetti's Lucrezia Borgia, Eric. Yep, her. Debuted at La Scala in Milan in 1833, based on the play, actually, by Victor Hugo about Lucrezia Borgia. Yes. And who was she? Well, a historical figure. <laughs> Historically, yes. The, the Lucrezia we're about to meet bears no resemblance, or very little resemblance to the actual historical figure. I mean, there are some similarities and whatnot, but this is this is clearly Victor Hugo and taking great license with this historical personage who was notorious. She was absolutely notorious, as was her entire family. And so that is that notoriety is what this opera is based on. Completely. I mean, she is the she is the heroine of the piece. She is the protagonist of the piece. But as is often the case in opera, you know, we have heroines who are and, and, and heroes in some cases, or protagonists, I guess is the better word, who are not necessarily admirable individuals. <laughs> and this is certainly the case here with Lucrezia. Set at the beginning of the 16th century, prologue takes place in Venice and then two acts uh, in uh, Ferrara, where Lucrezia is married to Alfonso, who is the Duke of Ferrara. Yes, her fourth husband. Imagine. (laughs) What happened to one through three, I wonder? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is some intimation of that. In oh, yeah. the play. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so w- what is her reputation? Because at the end of the prologue, she is taunted and insulted by uh, a group of, uh, of revelers who recognize her. What is the gist of what it is that they condemn her for? Well, I mean, historically, the entire family is a very power-hungry family who, who rose to prominence through... Nefarious means oftentimes. Lucrezia in particular was notorious as a poisoner, as a practitioner of the art of administering poison to people that, uh, you know, fell from favor with her. Put a little drop of something in their wine. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And uh, that's, that's the intimation of what happened to husbands one through three. So, The prologue set in Venice is, of course, crucial to uh, Acts 1 and 2. What happens in the prologue? Well, in the prologue, uh, she we see her uh, interacting with uh, the character Gennaro. And Gennaro uh, is, you know, the youthful, young, you know, romantic tenor lead. But in this case, uh, we don't have a soprano and tenor getting together romantically, even though when he first spies Lucrezia, he falls in love with her, her beauty. But she, all along, uh, unbeknownst to anyone else in the opera, including Gennaro, is Gennaro's mother. She bore him out of wedlock and, and gave him up, and presumably she's she's kept track of him. And in the prologue, she comes upon him. Uh, he's, I think he's lying asleep. And she you know, gazes upon him affectionately. And, uh, and he awakens and sees her and you know, falls for her beauty. Then uh, his friends come and join him. And uh, they unmask her. And they... She has arrived in a gondola yes. with a mask. It, it, it's almost as if it's it's part of the uh, the carnival. This is a diva vehicle, let's just say right offhand. <laughs> you know, this is, this is 
the reason for doing Lucrezia Borgia is you have a diva that really wants to do it, that wants to, you know, chew the scenery a bit and uh, and do it while displaying some vocal pyrotechnics, you know, as as is uh, the want with Donizetti and all the bel canto composers. So her entrances are all very dramatic and, you know, her costumes are are lavish and, and uh, yeah, it's a diva vehicle. <laughs> she recognizes Gennaro as her son. And what we learn is that he was raised... After he was given up, he was raised by a fisherman. Mm -hmm. But he has always held in his heart this tremendous love for his mother, even though he has never uh, met her or, so he believes, never laid eyes upon her. No idea who she is. Yes. So he he sees Lucrezia and and, uh, he has romantic feelings toward her, not knowing that this is, in fact, his mother, until his friends arrive and unmask her. And reveal her to be the reviled Lucrezia Borgia. And one by one, they all count, you know, relatives and, and people in their lives who uh, who are no longer with us, thanks to Lucrezia and her uh, wine, quote unquote. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the prologue, um, Gennaro just repudiates her and compl- wants nothing to do with her. He's, he's just repulsed by this woman that he, he had thought was so beautiful. Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. (laughs) We come to Act One, and we are in Ferrara. And Gennaro and Orsini, who is his close friend, uh, he had saved Orsini from death when they were younger, and they are now best friends and inseparable. They walk past the palace of uh, Alfonso and Lucrezia. Yes. And there's a big coat of arms with the Borgia name. What does Gennaro do? Well, he defaces it. He goes up and he removes the bee, leaving orgia, <laughs> which is, translated, it, it sounds just like, you know, it, it's, it sounds in Italian, orgy. So it's, it's you know, it's a, a vulgarity. It's a, you know, almost a graffiti in a sense. And, uh, it's a, you know, it's a completely an insult to Lucrezia. And uh, he's, he's caught at it. Now, he's caught by Alfonso's men. Right. And Alfonso has a double reason to well, want him caught. Yes, because he's seen the way that Lucrezia behaves around Gennaro, and he has misinterpreted her motherly affection. He doesn't know she's his mother. So she think, he thinks that she must be enamored of Gennaro and, and, in fact, you know, jumps to the conclusion that perhaps they're having an affair. Right. And so he wants Gennaro out of the way. So his people having arrested Gennaro for for defacing the Borgia crest, he then goes to Lucrezia and tells her that this horrible thing has happened, not telling her who did it. And uh, she then immediately, of course, knee-jerk reaction says, well, whoever did it must be put to death. And he says, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I I enthusiastically agree with that. And he prepares a pitcher of poisoned wine, the famous Borgia poisoned wine. And he's going to get Gennaro to drink this. 
and he makes up this ruse of inviting Gennaro to join his uh, his army, and uh, as a celebration of of Gennaro accepting that position, offers him a glass of wine. Lucrezia steps in. Yes, because she's uh, horrified to discover that this. Uh the man who who as who is responsible for defacing her crest is in fact Gennaro, whom she really doesn't want dead. So she uh, she steps in and and saves him with an antidote, and that antidote becomes key. <laughs> Act two, Gennaro, Orsini, and their friends are at this party at uh, the uh, the palace of the Princess Negroni, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Lucrezia arrives. Right, and she has actually targeted them all because they were the ones, if, if we recall back in the prologue, who unmasked her in front of Gennaro and, and, and told her, her and insulted her. And, and so she has targeted them all to be poisoned. Thinking that Gennaro has left Ferrara. Because she's instructed him to do so. She, she gave him the antidote and said, get, get out, of town. out of here. Right. And of course, she comes in. They have drunk the wine, and she sees Gennaro, and, of course, she has given him the antidote. Right, and, uh, you know, his friends have all expired at this point, and she tells him, you know, you can save yourself. You've got the antidote, and he refuses. He refuses to let his, to, you know, to let his friends die uh, and while he lives. So. Because there is that, again, that strong bond with Orsini. With Orsini in particular, yes, right. exactly. And so he, too, dies. As he's dying... Of course, she tells him. Firstly, he's a Borgia. Secondly, that he's her son. Yes. And, of course, it has no effect. It doesn't make him any, any more willing to take the antidote. Right. <laughs> Probably just the opposite. <laughs> and then, of course, he dies. And how does Lucrezia react? She takes the poison herself. She's she's lost the one thing that... Uh, that humanized her, you know, her, her love for her son mm-hmm. was the one thing that made her, you know, not this monstrous, notorious, uh, you know, figure. Uh, and now that's gone. So she, she just uh, takes the poison herself and expires uh, over her beloved son. And that's what's at the crux of this piece, isn't it? It's that, that the, the portrait of Lucrezia as this, this horrible woman. But then we see 
the sort of the tenderness in her heart at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of a precursor if you think about it to a much better. Well, I, I don't want to okay. be <laughs> quite that subjective, but uh, yeah, I, I can say that Rigoletto is a better opera. Uh, but you have the same sort of situation. You got this this loathsome guy. You know, when we meet him in the beginning of the opera, he is not a nice guy, and he's he's everybody loathes him, and and he's he's caustic and he's awful. And then you see him with his daughter, and suddenly, Gilda. Yeah, Gilda. Suddenly, he's a completely different person, and he's humanized, and you sympathize with him and actually root for him. So this is kind of a precursor to that in a sense. You know, you have a character, you know, again, Lucrezia, who is notorious, um, some would say monstrous in her ruthlessness, but she's humanized by her love for this, this son. And ironically, it's that humanity that causes her to take her life at the end. Exactly. Be because she has lost that, th that human element in her character. Right. And hence, Gennaro. Yes, exactly. And hence the reason so many divas want to do this piece. That is, providing they have the vocal goods to carry off all the bel canto demands that are, that are put upon them. Donizetti's Lucrezia Borgia. That's this week's opera cheat sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening. Oh!